Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton Boyd, also known as Archaic Honey on Instagram. And I'm here with my beautiful and lovely and fantastic co-host. J. Allen Cross, also very much beautiful and lovely. I agree with that. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're glowing. <laughs> I am. It's that moon dew that you, you, that you make. It makes me youthful forever and ever. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I did these last two days was got, I got super hydrated and my skin is like, and my lips have even plumped up a little bit. I'm like, what? This is just like, it's magical when you stay hydrated. (laughs) Water, nature's collagen. (laughs) Really it is. It's pretty wild. Um, How are you doing? You know, I, I'm doing all right. I have been suffering, well, not really suffering, more um, weirdly plagued by very strange dreams. Um, <gasps> last night, I had a dream that I was on a plane with my parents, and my parents were um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Keanu Reeves. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it, got, it got really weird, but, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to lately. Um, uh, apart from being hydrated, are, are you having any weird dreams? Are you, uh, things going well? Um, things are going great, uh, but I've not really been having weird dreams. I've just been uh, zonking out and at night, um, although I've gotten into a habit of a midnight snack. I wake up around 11 p.m. and I'm like ravenous. So I bought some ice cream yesterday and had a little midnight ice cream. Uh, it was As great. you should. Right. And I had ice cream midnight for breakfast. Snacks are great. Things are great. I've started a running practice. I've been running. I was going to run this morning, but it snowed a lot. So we've got that Um, late, late winter snow happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, oh God, I do. I dare say it that we're past it over here, but it it may show up. I think where you're at kind of on the east side, it's going to be, you'll be getting snow into June because it doesn't know what it's doing over there. I know it's wild, but you know, it, it's beautiful outside right now and it's melting off. So. Absolutely. Well, in other news, very exciting news. Um, we just passed like in the last week, our one year podversary. We are officially one year underway um, from our official launch date was March 3rd of 2021. And so we just yep. passed that. And so happy podversary. Yes. Happy podversary to you and to everyone who's been listening with us from the beginning. It's been a wild journey. We've gotten two awards for our little show, um, which we did not expect. Like this was just a little, a little idea, like a platform beyond social media for both of us to just express our what we got going on and like talk about folk magic and all that. So it's pretty wild where we've come uh, in a year's time. It is. There's, it seems like yesterday that we started, but it really already has been a year and so much has changed. And I feel both of us have grown in a lot of ways. And what a lot of you who are listening to this don't know is that Britain and I 
like we we had talked before we had started mm-hmm. the podcast and like we were friendly, but we didn't really know each other when we decided to do right. this. So over this year, you've kind of been with us while we've been kind of forming this friendship and getting to know each other mm-hmm. um, through the podcast and through doing these episodes, um, which has been a really interesting experience. And I think that that's a really great way to build a friendship because we started out with kind of this mutual respect for one another and their opinions and also as business owners within the community and kind of Mm -hmm. voices within the community. So, you know, to be able to kind of start off with respecting each other kind of as colleagues and then moving into friends throughout this process has been really beautiful. And I'm really glad that you, that you asked me to do this podcast with you because I've had a great time. Yeah. You know, I didn't really think about it that way that Cause I, I felt like, yeah, I was already kind of friends with you. We just like would DM each other occasionally. And like, I just loved Jay's vibe. And yeah, randomly one day I, the idea hit me. I was like, you know, podcast sounds great, but I do not want to do this alone. And I, you were the first person who popped into my mind. And, uh, and then I sent Jay a DM one day being like, I have a business proposition for you. <laughs> and I was like, go on. <laughs> and then it formed from there. Yeah. And we developed a big backlog of episodes. And now we're, we're trying to close the gap in this time-space continuum and uh, bring you guys more relevant episodes like in, within the time-space. So... Yeah, we're trying yeah. to be at least like within the same month. Um, some of our episodes back then were released in like January and we're talking about like, oh, it's almost Halloween on the episode. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. So yeah. we're definitely this has been like a big learning experience, too. Like, I remember the first few episodes, I was so nervous. Like, I had a lot of imposter syndrome to grow out of and uh Thankfully, mm-hmm. I did move out of it and I feel a lot better about expressing myself verbally because I'm a writer first and foremost, not much of a talker. Aries and Mercury uh, or Mercury and Aries rather. Uh, <laughs> it can be uh, uh, not the most articulate. I wonder if that's sort of happens with me too, because I tend to be a little verbally awkward, which is why podcasting is an interesting medium I think for both of us in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. I'm I'm much better on the page I'm like if like let me write this down for you and it will be pretty you asked me to do it verbally on the spot it's gonna be hit or miss so right yeah so I did like a lot of magical work around starting this podcast like I carried um from Athelia Sebastiani's book um oh what is her book called um yeah, by rest of Dale and Brick of Thorn no, her other book. The Witch's Guide to Spellcraft. Thank you. The Witch's Guide to Spellcraft. She has a little exercise in there where you charge up a stone um, for clarity and focus. So I did that. And um, I still carry that stone with me while we podcast. I keep it in my hand. And then I did um, some work around the vocalization of my thoughts and stuff. Mm. So... I did a lot of magical work to prepare myself for this podcast. And that's the cool thing about being a witch is you can just magic your way through things, even if you're nervous. <laughs> you can. And it's nice too to see because, I mean, Britain is right. They were very nervous when we first started this whole process. And now now I feel like you're so articulate and you always have oh. such very wise things to say. And so like when you do speak, I'm always like, 
That's important. That's important. <laughs> oh, thank you. And so do you. I think you articulate yourself beautifully. And I'm just so grateful to be doing this work with you and running this show together because we make a great team. We really do. We really do. And though, don't let us fool you. We have an excellent editor named Barry who helps us to come out as polished as we can. Mm-hmm. So it's not always it's not always just perfect on the first take. Right. Yeah. It's not just Jay and I. Uh, big, big shout outs to Barry, our fabulous editor who makes us sound crisp and clean, gets rid of all those ums and whatnots. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do a fabulous job with this podcast and stuff. So before we move on, I want to know, do you have a favorite episode that we've done so far? You know, I would have to go and look at our catalog. But I want to say it was the episode we did on folk magic. The one that won the witchy award was a really fun episode. And then, of course, I have to say that the plant episode was one of my favorites, the plant allies and developing relationships with plant allies, because that's kind of my that's my zone. That's my place of comfort. That is excellent. I do love both of those ones. I I really like it when we go a little bit off road. Mm-hmm. So I really love the people who aren't people episodes. But we'll have to we'll have to kind of check in on that because anytime we stray away from specifically witchcraft, we tend to get a lot of hate. So we'll see if it's maybe true. going forward we do less of those. Let us know if you guys want more episodes like that, less of that. Um do remember too, because I think this is something that both of us suffer from as public witches with followings is that people tend to mistake us for um, spell dispensing machines mm-hmm. that, <laughs> and once that flow of spell dispensing stops, then suddenly people get upset. Um, so we'll see kind of if we do more off-roading going forward, um, mm-hmm. have some more weirdness coming in. What's your favorite episode that we've worked on? Um, I like the the people who aren't people. I also like the Bigfoot one that we did with oh, yes. um, Terry Cook. That one was interesting as well. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. those things are all kind of magic adjacent. And I, I am kind of curious to see if we could get someone from MUFON to come on. MUFON is a mutual UFO network. Okay. It's like a big, like, national. It might be multinational. Like, basically, society of people that are researching ufo activity Mm -hmm. and so you can become like a field agent i actually looked into (gasps) that at one point and like go to places where they've had ufo activity and like interview witnesses and take measurements or do whatever it is you need to do Mm -hmm. um so that might be interesting but but we'll see Um, gosh that would be through like hellier and stuff that like ritualistic magic and ufos are actually not super unconnected (laughs) Right. That would be super cool. And I do have a UFO story from my youth. I totally, yeah, I totally saw a real live UFO uh, when I was young. It's pretty, pretty scary, pretty trippy. And it was by a military base. So I was like, oh boy. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to dress up as Mulder and Scully for Halloween. Yes, we we should definitely do Halloween together. (laughs) All right, you guys. Thank you guys so much for a one year of podcast magic. 
we will hopefully be bringing you a whole another year of podcast magic. So yes. stay tuned. Now, today, Britain, what are we talking about? We are talking about witchcraft for the revolution. Yes, that is right. There's some stuff going on in the world, but when isn't there stuff going on in the world? But right now, particularly, this is a pretty tense and intense time to be a person in the world. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about hexing the overlords. We are. We are going to talk about this a little bit here um, because... We live in tumultuous times these days. Um, it was only just a couple weeks ago, I think, that um, Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, we've been going through a lot of political things over the last few years as well. And during this time, it's become very, uh, very common, very popular to kind of create these big hex campaigns or binding campaigns. So we had bind Trump in one camp. We had Hex Trump in one camp. Now we're seeing a lot of that um, being aimed at Putin right now. Um, And I love that witches are wanting to get involved in kind of, um, you know, fighting oppression, because I think that that's something that we need to be doing. We need to be, uh, you know, getting in there and subverting kind of these big systems of power that are that are harming people, because that's kind of what witchcraft is about. It's kind of about revolution. Mm -hmm. It's about rebellion. And so I think that's important and kind of fighting for the underdog. Um, However, at the same time, we haven't always made the best choices as far as making this work effective. Right. And actually having it do something. You know, we had hundreds, if not thousands of witches binding Trump and hexing Trump and just throwing all their magic that they can at Trump. And yet he's still walking around totally free um, up for election again right, <laughs> in two I years. Saw that. Yeah, so yeah. he's been impeached twice and yet can still run for president. So clearly this isn't working. And mm-hmm. so we're going to be helping you guys kind of looking at these campaigns and seeing what's what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what our advice would be to make these things more effective. Um, we do want to stay, say right off the bat that we're not shitting on anyone in particular or any of these movements in particular. We're simply here to try and give advice to help us fight the good fight. So if you're looking Mm -hmm. to fight oppression and injustice in the world, especially when it comes to these big national things, um, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the other topics here that we were going to kind of cover is why witches should get involved beyond just playing dress up. Like witchcraft is a subversive art. And um, witchcraft, in my opinion, does root for the underdog. And it's not just like, it's not just an aesthetic. It's not just something that we do on the weekend. It is a lifelong, literally lived and breathed practice. You know, like, Mm -hmm. where do we put our bodies? Where do we put our energy? Where do we put our time and focus? And, um, you know, I think and feel that playing dress up and sharing it on social media isn't doing a whole lot. But if we're involved in our communities, we can get a lot done. And so I think it's just social media, which we talk a lot about on this podcast, is just such a distraction from doing, Mm -hmm. doing, and I know this is like an overused term, but doing the real work, doing the work is like, 
stepping out your front door and getting involved with your community, working from a local, a local direct action kind of a place. Like what can you do there instead of, you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. mm -hmm. And that was something that was aggravating to me so much is when, you know, any sort of big political thing was happening, like when the the Black Lives Matter protests were happening in Portland or kind of all over the U.S. at that point, um, we were seeing a lot of people dress up as witches mm-hmm. and hold signs saying things like hex white supremacy or whatever, which is like, that's great. Like, yes, join join the protest. But when we go at it from that direction, two things happen. Number one, we become a distraction from the actual cause. And second, again, not to shit on anybody, but tell me all you have is aesthetic without telling me all you have is aesthetic. Ooh. Like when we, when we are actually witches, we can actually do things. We can actually do protection spells for protesters. We can do road opening to get um, funding for certain things to come through. We have actual power. We have actual ability beyond our ability to dress like witches. And mm-hmm. so if we want to get involved in these things to help try and change the world, make the world a better place in one way or another, we should do that. We have the ability to beyond just kind of dressing up and yes, absolutely go there and hold a sign and join the protest. But we have more to give as witches. I feel we really do. And you make such an excellent point about like road opening, like shifting funds, um, doing money magic to generate money for causes and um, protection magic for protesters or folks who are mm-hmm. really putting their bodies on the line. And now stay away work for vulnerable communities, things like that. Right. Yeah. So we're just wanting to kind of perhaps shift the perspective, maybe shift the narrative a little bit on what is is considered a popular way um, to tackle these issues. Um, because yeah, totally get dressed up, go to a protest, but like, you know, what's it doing? Mm-hmm. It's a great Instagram photo, but what are we yeah. really, really doing? Yeah. What are we really here for? We need to actually be there for the cause and not for the photo op is, is the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Let's go back to this idea that we're going, there is some big political figurehead that is doing bad, bad things in the world, be it whoever, depending on what era we're in, what month at this point it is. Why is it that these big political figureheads are such hard targets for spell work? It's similar to like, I get a lot of DMs of people wanting me to do a love spell so that Rihanna will fall in love with them. Oh, my Lord. And I'm like, um, <laughs> that's not how this works. When people are like major public or political figureheads, there's a lot that goes into that. And so I kind of want to want to talk about that a little bit. And one of the main ones is that these people, whether they're doing really bad things or good things or whatever it is, no matter where they land, are going to be protected in some manner by the prayers of their supporters or even the magic of their supporters as Mm -hmm. well. So witches aren't all just super leftist progressive people. We run the entire gamut in the community as well. And so these people are also going to be protected by the prayers and the spells of their supporters, no matter what that's part Mm -hmm. of it. Absolutely. Especially um, when we look towards like, um, you know, I would say more conservative political figures, uh, you know, um, what do they call that? Like, uh, 
prayer circles or something yes. like that. Yeah. Where they like, because I grew up in the South where, yeah, like whole churches, whole congregations, we get together and pray for political outcomes and stuff. And like, there's a lot of power in that. That is mm -hmm. a spell, you know? So I think that these political figureheads and whatnot have like layers upon layers of protection, not to mention just the infrastructure that's created to support their platform. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, so it's really, really hard to get at them. Like you were saying, like, if I want Adam Driver to fall in love with me, like, one, I'm not God even... Will it. <laughs> God will it. I'm not even close proximity to him. Like, my circles don't even overlap with this beautiful human being. You know? So it's like, what is the likelihood of me being able to be in a relationship with Adam Driver? And you're also probably... If you're casting that spell for Adam Driver to love you, you're probably also one of 500 other people who are casting right? that same exact spell. <laughs> so things get muddied really quickly around these people, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, and also, like, their fate is often tied with global matters that are just, like, it's so far beyond our control, Mm -hmm. Like, how can we get in there? And that's why I kind of feel per, on a personal level, like working from a local level and allowing that to ripple out is probably one of the best effects that we can have um, when it comes to this work. Well, and that goes for not just magic, but also voting at the local level, like local government. People tend to vote right. for which presidential candidate they want and leave the rest of the ballot blank. And it's like local government really does make a difference on the way up. Mm -hmm. to focus on those things you know whether it's like your specific town or your county or your state in general like all of those things really make a difference so definitely don't be afraid to kind of again work at that level and it's true this idea that the fate of these big political figureheads is interwoven with the fate of the world like you know if some big country leader you magically give them so much as a cold, it's going to tip the entire world with it mm -hmm. and everyone else who is in it. And so to think that we can just do that without any consequences, without any, and do it, do it effectively without issue is a concern because whatever happens to this person, it's going to change the world. Mm -hmm. depending on where they are, depending on what is happening. So that's something that we have to take into consideration is that we're not just affecting them with the magic. We're affecting the entire world, which is a much bigger ask than just X Trump, you know? Right. Right. It's kind of like, it was a couple of years ago where TikTok went wild with hexing the moon. Like, oh no. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's get, let's hex the moon. Um, Let's get rid of the moon. Uh, let's just stop the tides and the flow of water on, on Earth. You know, like, yeah. like the consequences are, are enormous. <laughs> Absolutely. So just kind of understanding that right out of the gate is going to really help us figure out what the best plan of action is going to be if we are wanting to fight, you know, oppression and injustice in, in these arenas is to kind of understand you know why some of these things can be difficult targets mm -hmm. um, now some of the other th things apart from simply who the target is um there are some specific 
things that I feel like a lot of these campaigns have gotten wrong as far as if you are going to approach this, how it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually my my first ever Patheos article was on this exact topic that we're talking about today. So if you guys want to look that up, you can. But the number one thing that I see is that when people decide, okay, we're going to gather the witches and we are going to work magic to fight oppression, the first thing they do is they put it on blast on social media. Right. It's shared all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Join us on this day at this time while we cast this spell. And I'm like, well, you just blew it already. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Secrecy is important because as soon as, because that happened with Trump, right? So everyone's like, we're going to hex Trump. Then suddenly all of this super Christian support goes, the witches are coming. We need to say prayers, special masses, do Bible group readings, whatever it is in order to block it. And I saw a lot of witches around that time being like, oh, psh. Christianity, it has nothing to do with any of this. Like, there's no power there. Meanwhile, Trump is up for re-election in two years and is still very much walking free. Um, So (laughs) we need to kind of not underestimate folks here or the opposition. Yeah, there's a lot of power in Christianity. And it always kind of boggles my mind when um, the more pagan witch folks kind of dismiss it as something that is not powerful. It's like, just take a look at the world. Mm-hmm. Like, look at it. There's <laughs> just Christianity. Look it. Just look. <laughs> Everywhere, whether it Everywhere. should be or not. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of power in that. And, you know, I think about the um, aesthetic traditions that I came from, um, the aesthetic Christian uh, traditions that I came from growing up in the South, there is so much power behind that. Like I remember very specifically when my grandmother was dying, we had a prayer circle at the house uh, that she was um, in, in hospice care. at, And um, I was like very deep in my like witchcraft at that point and nobody knew. And we held a prayer circle that people were speaking in tongues, shaking, et cetera. And I got sick. Like I felt physically ill during that time because I later talked to my father about it. Sorry, I am going off on a tangent. Later talked to my father about it and he looked me dead in the eye and he's like, yeah, there's a battle for your soul right now. And he's like, that's probably why you felt ill. And I was just like, oh my God, like, oh, this is some potent shit. Really got to reassess where I'm at right now. <laughs> so please don't, you know, undermine the, the, the other side the, uh, I suppose you could say the counter protest to our work could be very effective. Absolutely. Never underestimate. I think that's really, that's really important. Mm -hmm. And also I want to go back to your home place with you because I would like to experience that. I want to see the speaking in tongues. I actually, I really want to go to like a, a snake handling me too. I don't think it's a good idea, but I do want to go. <laughs> yeah. Just because I think I'm fascinated. Right. I think that the snake handling is a little more Appalachian to my understanding. Like that's where mm. I saw a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, maybe someday you and I can take a trip to the South and I can introduce you to my family because it's it's just wild. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful mm. tradition. Um, 
and I have a lot of respect for it. Yeah, it is. There's there's mysticism and magic all over the place, including there. But anyway, the next thing that I see often going wrong in these is often the spells that get shared to do the hexing or the binding of these big political figures are not always proofread, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some of these spells are, are not the best. And I think that's going to be important if you're going to, if you're going to take the time to go after somebody who's already a difficult target, who already has all of this stuff planned. We have to remember that witchcraft is 90% strategy, 10% power. Mm-hmm. So we have to play it smart and we have to use a good spell. And I think some of the fatal mistakes that a lot of these spells that are shared around is kind of, this is what we're going to be doing is that we, there's this big tendency of kind of doing the, the make this your own approach this in your own way, use whatever you have. And then you have hundreds, if not thousands of people all casting different spells with mixed intentions in there. And then we just create a bunch of static. Yes. Or we just muddy the waters really badly as opposed to like, okay, we have a really good spell and we're all going to unite with the same intention and we're all going to do it exactly the same way. At the same time. At the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So when we go to do this, make sure that we have good spell, make sure that we are all on the same page because I think that's a big mistake is where we have either kind of sideways leaning spellcraft mixed with too many cooks in the kitchen mixed with make it all your own. It's like, we're all trying to, we're all trying to bake one cake. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have a hundred people helping and we're telling everybody add whatever you want to it. Right. Your cake is going to come out weird as hell. Very weird. Very strange and probably not very tasty. No, it's not going to do what you want it to do. It's just not. Mm -hmm. One example that I really like around um, spell work and spell timing is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jason Miller does the Rite of Her Sacred Fires with Hecate. And Mm. I believe it's a collective ritual spell work done at the same time. And um, to my understanding, the ritual and spell work and the timing are all very important. And that has been a way, like just an example, even though it's not like necessarily politically motivated, um, is a good example for how something like that could work. Mm -hmm. And um, I've really appreciated his work in that realm um, and just love Jason Miller's work. So um, yeah, so like perhaps just like taking a look at the way Um, Folks do collective work together around the specificity of the items needed for the spell work. Um, The timing, to me, timing is really important. That it's that, you know, the the power is all collecting at one moment and then being launched out into the universe. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Now, do you feel that there's much of a difference when it comes to people casting spells in unison from different locations versus casting a spell all to when they're all together physically. I don't Do know. Like there's much? I don't know. I think that if, I think that if you're, you know, folks are scattered throughout the world 
and doing a spell or a ritual together, as long as they're all like doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that there's like an energetic current running through that because the intention and perhaps, you know, what's being utilized in the ritual slash spell work um, mm-hmm. could be really effective. But there is something to be said about a physical group working yeah. together, you know, I mean, I wouldn't I it's really hard to say whether or not one's more effective than the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's kind of one of those things where it's like when people are like, oh, I need to cast a spell, but the moon isn't in the right phase. It's like, well, still cast it anyway. Like, it's like, you know, if we're if we can't all get together physically and but we can still all cast the same spell at the same time from different locations, like mm-hmm. it's worth a shot. Right. Yeah. And especially in this current climate, I mean, I know the mask mandate's about to be uh, lifted, but, uh, you know, COVID's still out there and it's still safe to practice uh um, you know, our social distancing and being mindful of, of whether or not we're ill. So I think that's still quite applicable to be doing things at a distance. Yeah, we are. I think the entire pandemic has really taught us all a lot about what working from a distance can actually do. That was something that we figured out too, like with my paranormal team, is that we could no longer go to people's houses and do cleansings or clearings or resolving of hauntings. So we had to figure out how to do that from miles away from mm-hmm. home. And so that's been a really interesting exercise in kind of figuring out how to work all this magic, even if we can't be physically in a certain space. Totally. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So if we are going forward, if we are like, okay, something unjust has been happening with said political leader, um, what are the steps we're going to take? First, Again, I recommend we keep it secret. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Yep. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Get your specific group together, your specific society, your coven, whatever it is. Underground meeting secrecy to do the work. Because Mm -hmm. if it's secret, then very few people are going to attempt to then rally against you, fight against what it is that you're trying to do. Don't put it on the internet. Just don't. Yeah, seriously, like with the current Ukraine-Russia crisis, um, I have seen, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of witches posting their spell work online and every intimate detail of it. And it's like, that's all well and good. But like, there's just something to be said about secrecy, flying Mm -hmm. under the radar. Like that's part of the witch's repertoire is to fly under the radar, you know, to be a secret. And um I would just caution and advise folks to maybe not post your spell work. Like, why do we need to constantly virtue signal that we're doing the right thing publicly to gain points or to generate content? Like, what are you Mm -hmm. really doing it for? Um, Yes. Are things to think about. And that's something that I apply to myself. I'm like, okay, why am I, why am I posting this? Is it Mm -hmm. for content generation? Is it for virtue signaling? Like, what is my motive Mm -hmm. here? Yeah. Just things to think about. Yeah, it's like, am I actually doing this to help Ukraine or am I doing this so that I can show people that I'm helping Ukraine? Mm -hmm. Those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So step two, of course, here's going to be use a good spell. Yep. Use a good spell. And use the same spell that as the rest of your group. We're all going to form a spell. We're going to make sure that it's good. And then we are all going to agree to use the same one at the same time. 
connected and in unison with the same intention mm-hmm. set behind it. Yes, and be wary of those internet spells. We had, I believe, almost a whole episode about getting spells from the internet and how mm-hmm. um, how bad that can be. Blessed be Becca's werewolf spell. Oh my god. I still haven't tried it. <laughs> I might. I got time today. We'll find out. Wait, didn't it have to be during the day and during a oh, dark that's moon? Right. It did have to be during the day, didn't it? I'll be right back. No, I'm just okay. kidding. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Now the third, fourth thing. So we have keep it secret, use a good spell. Work with your own personal small group intention. Same spell. Um, Also, you don't have to go for the very top in a lot of these situations. Like we were talking about earlier, local government, lower people that are lower down on kind of the political flagpole are also going to be very helpful to either cast your votes for a certain way, cast your spells for a certain way. Going for the big talking head at the top is not always the way to go. Right. Yeah. Like start at your local lever, 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 um, your local level. Um, (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Think about your local mayor. Like we had a whole kerfuffle with our local mayor recently um, Mm -hmm. that I. So I became more involved in my local community, learned a little bit more about our uh, very conservative uh, mayor. And I was like, where was I? Why wasn't I paying attention? Probably because I was doom scrolling on Instagram and totally missed out on it. So now I know what's going on in my local community. And now I can take some action uh, to help, you know, make things better. So definitely working from like, yeah, the lower levels um, instead of shooting for like Mr. Trump. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, the last one I think is the most important and the one we were talking about before is take direct action. Yes. Like lighting spells, saying prayers, doing, did I say lighting spells? Lighting candles, saying prayers. See, this is, y'all, this is why we need Barry. Lighting candles, saying prayers, casting spells um, is all great. That's wonderful. And I think that we should be doing that. Um, But we should also be actually going to the rally or actually be voting or sending money to places that will, you know, bring about help or whatever it is like doing, doing actual things beyond just the spiritual things, real physical things. Mm -hmm. Get involved in your community. And, And that can look like just socializing within your community. Like that's honestly what I've been doing. And I've been learning so much about my community. Um, like I, I, you know, still not drinking over here, but I've been frequenting bars with friends and playing shuffleboard. I might join a shuffleboard league, but guess what? I'm learning a lot about the political landscape. I know that sounds like you can still have fun and do direct action, um, <laughs> but like getting involved in like listening to what people have to say, um, learning more about your p- local political figures and things like that. Um the direct action is so important, uh, especially at a community level. It's really, really mm-hmm. hard for us who are, you know, living in the U.S. to be doing direct action for a situation such as Ukraine. Um, so, really focusing what's in our hula hoop, what's mm-hmm. on our side of the street, you know, and being yeah. focused on that 
And then as you know, you do that work, like obviously like, yeah, send funds to Ukraine, um, care, et cetera. Mm. But yeah, that direct action and putting your body on the line, if you can, if it's within your means, like I have a very good friend of mine who's been volunteering and living at Thacker Pass, the lithium mine in, I believe, Nevada. Am I getting that right? Or Utah? Um, At any rate, um, they're defending this area and doing a lot of direct action. And uh, he has the means to be up there for a year at a time to help defend this place um, from Mm -hmm. lithium mining. So, yeah. Yeah, get out there and do the things. And I know that we can't always do everything, but whatever it is that you can do, even if it's small, taking whatever little direct action that you can um, is going to be helpful. And we have to remember too, when we cast spells to make change happen, we then have to participate in that change. It's that old thing that we've always heard where it's okay, well, if you cast a spell for a job, you have to go out and apply for one. You know, <laughs> if you if you cast a spell to change the world, you have to do something to also help change the world as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Something else I wanted to talk about here a little bit is because sometimes people have this big idea that this is all just absolutely useless and it can never, ever work. And to that, I would like to bring up something known as Operation Cone of Power. Mm-hmm. If you have not heard of this, please look it up. Um, this is about some witches who did it right. So in the summer of 1940, in Britain, some witches got together. Depends on who you ask who was involved, because, but we don't know specifically who all was involved because they kept it secret. 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 So these witches got together and did a spell in order to prevent Hitler from invading Britain, which it looked like uh, he might be trying to do. I am not a historian or history teacher, so that's about as far in that description as I'm going to go. But I will tell you that Hitler did not ever actually invade Britain the way that he had intended to. So it actually worked out. Mm -hmm. And so these things can work, but you have to definitely look up Operation Cone of Power, look into it, because I think that they did a lot of things very correctly. They met in secret. They didn't tell anybody. These were very powerful witches who like knew one another and were already connected. They got together, united for a goal, and then they made it happen. Mm-hmm. So highly, highly recommend looking into that because I think it's a great example of what we can do if we do it right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, before we started this episode, I was looking around my house for my Starhawk books because she talks about doing a group cone of power in, I believe, Drawing Down the Moon or one of her other mm-hmm. books. Um, so there is, and, and Starhawk's work is generally group-oriented, um, which can be a little frustrating for the solitary practitioner. But if you want to gather your witch friends and like make a change, um, doing that cone of power can be really, really effective. Like, um, this is a little very witchy, perhaps a bit subversive, when I would do yoga in a group setting and we would all do the ohm at the end, mm-hmm. it's very much like a Kona power in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I remember the rising energy and I would send my intentions. I would hijack it 
and send my intentions out into the universe, just like ride the ohm wave. <laughs> Maybe Tell me that was for like really frivolous things too, like Bobby to love me. <laughs> I need Adam Driver to love me today. Um, yes. So I would I would utilize that 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 essentially a cone of power uh, during uh, group yoga sessions before there was a pandemic. Um, it might have been a little naughty of me, um, but it was effective. I bet it was. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that is our two cents on y'all getting involved with major world events as witches and trying to make things happen in there. Um, and remember that this doesn't just have to be about hexing political figureheads. This can be about protecting water sources or native lands or um, like your friend with the lithium mining, you know, this, this can be used in all kinds of ways to help fight oppression and kind of this big machine that seems to be gobbling up everything that we have left here. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, always remember that it doesn't have to be hexing. It doesn't have to be harmful work. Whenever I've talked about this in the past, I've had people accuse me of terrorism. Um, oh boy. Like I'm, like I'm attacking uh, political leaders and I'm like no I'm, I'm I'm not advocating for terrorism I'm not advocating for violence in any sort of way remember that if if you are not into the malefic magic um you can do protection you can yeah. do protection work for the vulnerable people who are being targeted for you know indigenous populations indigenous lands for um you know people who are being invaded all kinds of stuff so you you can work protection work as well so don't think that this is all about just attacking or, or harming people that we don't like politically because that's not the answer either mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, so just you know keep that in mind a lot of it yeah there's so much other work that we can do in this realm that isn't malefic magic i mean we can you know like you we were talking about earlier we can do road opener work um we can do money magic to shift funding to projects that we care about um and and yeah I think there's so much more that we can be doing um, beyond just uh, the hacks. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to take us out here, um, Britain has formed a wonderful list here of some law keep away herbs. Now these are, I love law keep away work because not only is this good for kind of protecting vulnerable communities from, um, you know, quote unquote, the man, um, But it's also good for all kinds of other things, like keeping away um, any sort of authoritarian figure, whether that is a Mm -hmm. landlord or a boss or anyone who's going to be um, causing you trouble, especially if you are in a marginalized person or in a marginalized community um, that needs protecting. And that's what we're talking about today. So what do we have here on this? Yes. So just to reiterate what Jay had said, yeah, this isn't just for like the police. This is also for like government agency, tax collectors, loan officers, um, meddlesome people, people who may be attached to um, government agencies um, who could be meddling in your affairs. So this is just a short list of some herbs and plants that you can utilize in this work. Um, and use this as a place to kind of bounce off and do your own research with these plants. Um, this is not an end-all be-all list, um, but these are a few plants that are commonly used in law keep away. So 
We have asafetadia, which let me tell you, it's a really hard word to spell out <laughs> in a in a document. Um, asafetadia is a funny word. And you wear it in a pouch at the waist and it keeps the police away. Oh, and it will also keep away everyone else because asafetida is some really stinky shit. Yes, it really is. Um, and then we have bergamot, um, which is used in a floor wash to keep the law away. So I imagine mm-hmm. you would want to go in an outward motion um, mm-hmm. to um, use it in a floor wash and then also take it to your front steps and perhaps the sidewalk as well. If you're doing a floor mm-hmm. wash with bergamot, bergamot smells amazing. Uh, nothing like asafetadia. <laughs> no. Yeah. Then we have a curio. This is not necessarily a plant, but we have a black hen's egg. So apparently if you crack the egg, you know, empty out the egg, eggy contents and roast it in the oven until the shell turns brown, powder it and place it under your front doorstep, like under your doormat. Um, mm-hmm. It also keeps the law away and people associated with the law and government agencies and meddling people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I saw use of double shoestring in general is pretty good to trip up folks who are meddling in your things. Um, Double shoestring has many, many uses. Um, But I did see that if you use it in an incense blend with dragon's blood and cinnamon and you really smoke up the four corners of your house or each corner of your house, that that helps keep the law away, especially in a place where you may be doing kind of sketchy business or... (laughs) illegal business (laughs) or planning the next protest that they do not want to have happen yes exactly like if you need to keep it secret and keep it safe and keep the law away that's a really good blend and then we have elder elder just general protection from the law so the way that i would work with elder is maybe you have a couple of dried leaves some berries and twigs um, to carry on your person say you're going to a protest or you're doing some direct action or you're, yeah, things like of that nature, I would carry elder on the person. And I do find that if you develop a relationship with elder, get on the elder's good side and you've got even more potent, powerful protection. Um, I've done that work with elder. Really love that tree. Mm. And then we have fennel uh, for troublesome and meddling people. And more especially with those connected to the law and other government institutions. So if you got somebody breathing down your neck, a little fennel can be helpful uh, as well. And then I think fennel would go well with these next two herbs that I've listed here, black Mm -hmm. mustard seed and oregano. So black mustard seed is going to confuse the law and people associated with it. I think it also just in general for folks causes confusion, kind of like black poppy or uh, poppy seed. Um, Mm -hmm. causes some confusion for those around you. So when I was dealing with a meddlesome person, once I scattered black mustard seed and poppy seeds around my property so that they, if they like their energy came towards my house, they would just get confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we have oregano, which Jay, I hear you recommending oregano often. It keeps the law and meddlesome people away. So oregano is also really handy and very common it's probably in your cupboard right now. It really is. A lot of these are things that you just find there, especially those last three. I like that you're talking about like the fennel, the black mustard and the oregano. Cause that is something that I, those are three that I utilize in this work a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. especially with, I do some work with the kind of Mexican American community here or kind of the immigrant community who needs protection from things like the ICE or, you know, immigration, things like that, that come through looking for them or, you know, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of issues in that right. respect over the last few years. Um, so utilizing fennel, black mustard and oregano is really great. Um, especially with things like immigration, um, vulnerable populations that need to be protected from, certain forms of law enforcement. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love working with those ones. And those ones are easy to find too. If if you already have them in your cupboard, you can get them at the grocery store. Yep, absolutely. And that is what folk magic and folk witchcraft is all about, y'all, is working with what you have, not going out and buying the most exotic route you can find for your work. It's about what's in your cupboard. Absolutely. So everybody make sure to stay safe. Get out there, fight the good fight, make sure that, you know, everyone's rights are protected, that we are fighting oppression wherever we find it, and that we are making sure at the end of the day to do what is right and more. Mm -hmm. And along those lines as well, we also have to make sure to do witchcraft. You got to do Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.